Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cop 27 uh, wrapped up this weekend in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. Uh, you know what that is. It's the countries of the world coming together to address climate change. They do it every year. Uh, Sunday, at the last minute, a controversial agreement was reached, and uh, it will see the world's wealthiest countries compensate poorer countries for damage and economic losses caused by climate change. This was a big issue throughout this conference. I'm not sure, but I haven't seen the details yet. Um, but this was sort of a make or break. There was there was concern that at times this entire conference would be derailed due to a lack of an agreement or an understanding. But that the last minute on Sunday, they came to terms on this. However, there was still a lot of people really upset because um, they didn't make a lot of progress. They felt, some countries felt, on fossil fuels. That was one of the issues that they didn't move far enough on for some countries. Uh, not enough progress made in that area. But those are the broad strokes. Those are the headlines. Those are sort of the the end of conference you know, reports and uh, memorandums that get released. But there are a lot of other discussions that take place at this conference. And Alberta was well represented. We talked about the the provincial government sending over a delegation headed up by Sonia Savage. Um, also in attendance, frequent guest of this show, there representing another major industry in Alberta, Bob Lowe of the Canadian Cattle Association was in Sharm el-Sheikh. Bob, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Hi, Shay. Appreciate the chance to talk. Yeah, it's always interesting. I, I'm, I'm wondering, before we get into, you know, the details of what was discussed and everything, just the experience of attending, you know, COP27 in Egypt, how, how does that whole conference work? What was it like being there? Uh, a zoo, you might say. <laughs> there was somewhere between thirty and 40,000 people there. Um, there's the figures that I heard. So you can imagine a convention center convention centers yeah some portable some some stationary with i don't know how many thousand pavilions within each building and everybody there saying their own thing so it was it was a lot of noise a lot of hype a lot of action and I think as far as agriculture goes, some good stuff actually came out of it. Yeah, so, I mean, what's the format? Like you say, there's all this, I mean, thousands and thousands of people. I mean, are there breakaways? How does any of the progress get made? I mean, what's the format? Is there seminars, breakaway sessions? What is it? You, you've got to give the negotiators a lot of credit. I wasn't privy to, to going on the actual negotiations, but there's panel discussions, uh, Side events held all the time in a bunch of these different pavilions. I know I spoke on four different panels and one roundtable. Um, that any amount of people from five to five hundred can be at. Wow! And they just you just talk about whatever whatever subject you're supposed to be talking about. So there's just there's a lot of stuff. Where, I mean, how big of, uh, we hear so much about things like compensation, you know, and, and adaptation, and of course, fossil fuels are a big conversation. How, where does livestock and agriculture fit into it? Is that a, a big feature of the conference, or are you guys sort of in, in a back room somewhere? 
No, this this year it was a big feature. Okay. I think this is, we've been going there for a few years now, and this was the first year that really had a focus on agriculture and the benefits of agriculture to, to being part of the solution and not necessarily part of the problem. So, yeah, it was, it was, there was a big focus on, on all types of agriculture. And you and I have talked before about how when we talk about climate change and we talk about agriculture, there's an industry that's more keenly aware of what's going on at the climate. I don't know what it is. I mean, you're on the front lines of anything that develops around climate and climate change, right? So you're, you're already well tuned into this. Oh, we know. I mean, we're the first ones there. We live in the environment. Yeah. We don't just look at it. And it's, it's yeah, it, it affects everybody. What, uh, you know, you, like you sat on a number of panels, you were involved in a number of uh, sessions. W- what was the message? What were you talking about? My big thing there, there was numerous agricultural groups, but there was only about two that focused on, on the livestock, on the cattle industry, per se, the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef and the CCA. That that was their focus was was uh, cattle. And so the four panels that I partook on were, were about cattle and, uh, and why we need a livestock industry to complement the grain industry because symbiotically they make each one better as opposed to one or the other. And I think that message was very well received. So, I mean, sort of not necessarily being critical, but saying, hey, listen, we're already doing some things here in our our agriculture sector that maybe could help other parts of the world. Is that fair? Absolutely fair. You know, I listened to a presentation from that came out of one of the countries in Africa, I can't remember which one. And they simplified the circular economy that agriculture is very well. And uh, there was a picture of a cow on the top, and then at the three o'clock position was a wheelbarrow full of manure. The six o'clock position was a cornfield. The nine o'clock position was corn stubble, and then back to the cow. Mm-hmm. And that was a very simple way of showing exactly what, what livestock, the, the, the symbiosis, I guess, between livestock and grain all over the world. And, and I mean, North America, we're no different. We're just a lot bigger than one cow in a wheelbarrow full sure. of manure. Yeah, exactly. But it's, 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 the same, it's the same thing and how it works better. And, and we moved a lot of people, as you can see, from the from their statement on agriculture that they have the UN has actually moved from we don't need animal agriculture to we absolutely need animal agriculture to complement uh, grain. So, like you say, you came away. Obviously, that's very positive development in terms of. Uh, what else and how we go about incorporating, you know, because uh, uh, like you say, livestock has been under pressure when it comes to climate change activists. There's no question. So there's a move there. Where do you see this going based on what happened at COP27? Well, what what I heard and what I felt when I was down there didn't really correlate with what I read on the statement that came out. I mean, they, they, they've said that they can't, you can't have agriculture... You can't paint the world with one brush with agriculture. It's regionally specific, you know, local, regionally, country to country. It's different. Mm-hmm. So you've got to deal with the with the solutions individually. Sure. And, and then 
there is a part in there, you know, as us in the Western world, do what we do. We've got access to the science and technology that some other countries don't. You know, then then we move our technology there. You know, I, I the way I like to put it is, it's a lot better and more sustainable to bring their economy up to our economy, up to the standards of our economy than it is to take our economy down. Of course, yeah, exactly. And I think that's you know, yeah. When I look at their statement, that's basically what what I interpret it as. So you're seeing opportunity there, some ways that we can actually make everything better for everybody yeah. and expand on it. And expand on it. You know, one of the things that we've been pushing on this uh, uh, methane, basically, we'll use that for an example, is instead of an absolute limit on methane, let's go on methane intensity, which allows us to use the science to bring down the methane per head and yet still increase our our production. Yeah. One thing that did come along there was, was uh, you know, when they came out with a statement, it was more than just greenhouse gas emissions. It was water, it was biodiversity, and food security. And a lot of the stuff you hear when people start talking greenhouse gases, they kind of forget where, that they had to have breakfast this morning. <laughs> No question. Bob, Bob, That that's the biggest issue. We get so far ahead of ourselves without looking at the reality that we're really dealing with. And it, it comes up in all kinds of conversations. You're so right. Yeah, we still need to produce food. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Maybe we just have to produce it a little better, that's all. Makes perfect sense. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you calling in today. Thank you. Thanks, Shay. Yeah, you bet. That's Bob Lowe, president of the Canadian Cattle Association. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.